building a company from nothing is freaking hard. Us entrepreneurs are expected to deal with unimaginable challenges and somehow keep a cool head through it all. This is The Art of Entrepreneurship, and I'm your host, Jackie Hermes. I grew my company, Excelity, from zero to seven figures with no partners and no funding. The Art of Entrepreneurship is a show where we cut through the BS and dig into what it actually takes to start and grow a company. If you give me your time, I promise it won't be wasted. Now let's get to work. Hello, and thank you for joining me for another Startup Survival episode where we talk about, I guess, how to survive when you're growing a startup. Go figure. Today, we are talking about one of my very favorite topics, which is sales. And I'm really excited to bring some advice that actually works. There is tons and tons of really crappy sales advice out there, and there are lots of really terrible sales tactics out there as well. I mean, I think we all know how it goes when people spam you in the DMs or they email you just like a straight sales pitch all the time with zero value. And even worse, there are a lot of really deceptive tactics used by salespeople as well. I have seen, I feel like, the entire span of terrible sales tactics. So I wanted to bring on my friend Morgan Ingram today who has coached over 100,000 sales reps, and you're going to find out why today, why people choose him again and again as a coach. His advice is straightforward, honest, sometimes unconventional, usually funny, and I would say most importantly, it actually works. What up, Morgan? What's going on? Usually funny, not all the time? Is yeah, this how we're going to start this? Okay, okay. Your Instagram videos where you're just like pondering life while someone asks you a question, those are freaking hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Usually funny. No one's funny all the time, okay? Except me. Okay, so first, I want to talk a little bit about outreach strategies. Tell me, what is the most successful way to open the door right now, and why does it work? So... People are looking for silver bullets and I'm not going to give that to you. Uh, so okay. if you think that's going to happen, then you should just get out of here. But if you're actually to get some stuff done and execute, then stay tuned. Because when you think about the best way to get in front of someone that is predicated on your audience and where they live. So let's give an example. If you were going after sales leaders, you should probably be on LinkedIn right now. Mm-hmm. However, if you were selling paintings or you do home renovation, you could be on LinkedIn, but Pinterest might be actually a better place for you. So before you decide on how you want to go about the techniques I'm going to tell you, you first have to figure out where do these people live and where are they at, right? That's what's going to be the first and foremost thing that you're going to do. Now, according to the data, one of the best ways to get in front of people right now is through social. So a LinkedIn, if your audience is there, Instagram, we've mentioned Pinterest, TikTok, if you want to do some dances, these are different things, right? That you can go out and do if you want to be successful. Now, from the startup lens, based on what we're here for, there are four different ways to get in front of somebody. Five, if you, if I don't know, five, five if you're feeling antsy, but four for sure. So one is calling somebody, two is emailing them, three is sending a video, which people are afraid of, but we'll talk about it. And then mm-hmm. four is an email and five, again, this is if you feel antsy and you can do it in person. I'm not suggesting this, but it is an, it is an option. I'm not going to tell you, I wouldn't do that right now, but it is an option. So when you do these four different lenses, you have to think of a multi-touch strategy. People respond different ways. If you were to call somebody, some people are actually very responsive to answering the phone. Some people do not answer the phone, but they're more responsive on an email. Some people mm-hmm. have 63,000 unread emails. So guess what? You ain't getting in front of them. 
That's why you probably need to go to LinkedIn. So you have to use all channels. You can't get married to one. Once you get married to a channel, then that's where you lose. You have to get married to the process. So typically when you reach out to somebody, the average touches about 11.5. However, I'd recommend you to do eight to 12 touches, more emails and more calls. So like four emails, four calls, two social touches, and maybe two videos. That's where I would start. And then look at your data to see what to remove and to add. So that's the way to get in front of people right now. It is not one channel, it's multiple channels and doing that the best way you need to do, do that. And again, if you want to show up in person and pull up, you didn't hear that from me, but it is an option. Let's right. talk a little yeah. bit about LinkedIn, my favorite platform. I know it's one of your favorites too. Yeah. Clearly the DM spam does not work. I get so many freaking spam messages. It is terrible. And often the straight pitching doesn't work. What does work? Yeah. So let's talk about that. When it comes to LinkedIn, if you're doing the pitch and connect, just stop. Don't even try to defend the data and say, Hey, Morgan, you know, and no, it just doesn't work. I'll tell you that right now. I've seen a lot of these messages. I've trained a lot of teams and coached a lot of people. No. So what you have to think about is when you are messaging someone, it's about starting a conversation. That's what it's about. It's not pitching to get time, pitching to, for them to know who I am. It's about how can I start a conversation? Now there's multiple ways to do that. Number one is to ask a question. What's a question that's relevant to them? What's a question that may be something they posted? What's a question that's something maybe they've liked or commented on LinkedIn? These are things that you can do to start a conversation, right? Yeah. So if I were to want to start a conversation with Jackie, maybe I called her and she ignored me. Maybe I emailed her and she was like, spam. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> I, I finally connected with her on LinkedIn. I'm like, great. What do I say? So I might look at one of her posts and be like, hey, Jackie, notice that you posted recently about how you started your started your company and mm -hmm. i'm curious to see like what were the three things that you did outside of starting your company that made you successful i'm just giving you all a random example right smart yeah. so then now she's like okay cool like you actually paid attention here's a question right we can go into it now some of you are going to be like morgan well not everyone post that's not going to work every time that's fine <laughs> so the thing is what you're going to do is is you're going to go and look at what company updates they have who are they hiring? What, what is their organization doing? The information's there. You just have to find it and then ask a question. It shows that you care. Two and three are using a LinkedIn video or LinkedIn voice messages. Look, there are people out here that are going to tell you that these things don't work. And I'm about to give you all something that none of y'all are going to like. This is just the facts. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean that it doesn't work. True. Let's, let's talk about that one more time, Jack, because I don't think they heard me. Just because you personally like, I don't like voice messages. I don't like when I get them. That doesn't mean it doesn't work. I can show yeah. you multiple screenshots of people that some of y'all, y'all know they have 500, 600, 700,000 followers. I've sent them voice notes and they respond. Yep. And the last point on this is when you do a video or you do a voice note, add some context, be like, Hey, I noticed something on your profile and I had a question about this or Hey, like I had something to ask. Can you open up the note real quick so you can hear, see what I have to say? I yeah. saw this on your website, saw you're hiring a couple of sales reps, got a question around that. People need to know what the voice note's about, just a little teaser, otherwise they might ignore it. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, that makes sense. So we talked just a little bit about calling and I know a lot of people like in our generation do not even pick mm. up the phone when people call them. <laughs> and yet I still get tons of cold calls. And so I know that everyone doesn't think that cold calling is over. What's your opinion and what do you do to make a cold call successful? 
So over anything, if I were to looking to get in touch with anyone, I would cold call them mm. over everything. Now, now, here's why, because I'm able to bring something to the table that I can't in other channels except for video, which is I can control. I can control the conversation. I can control my voice and tone. Yeah. And I mean, you can hang up on me, but at the same time, now I can navigate to see where we need to go. So with all the other stuff, like you can see an email, delete it. You can see a video and be like, that's cool and move on. I really like that because now I understand what's happening. And so when I tell people about cold calling, ultimately it comes down to confidence. How you get confidence is by understanding your product, your mis messaging, what you're about. That's what's going to ultimately help you convert that and then having a process. So a typical process is what is your introduction, which is a pattern interrupt? What is your value prop? If objections occur, do you know the answers to those objections proactively? And then how do you close the call? Those are all, those are the four elements to a cold call. If you can figure out what those are, then you're set. The bonus is, do you have good questions to ask? But if you do those things, you'll actually find more success in your cold calling. But here's the thing. A lot of people aren't cold calling, especially within my generation, because we don't, we don't even use the phone to call what the purpose right. of the phone is. Right. So, <laughs> right. so the thing is you actually can get ahead of people by making calls and sounding confident and articulate your points because most people who do call, they don't know how to do that. So there's a very small, small percentage of people who call and are actually like decent at it. So it's a yeah. huge advantage point. If you get people to pick up the phone, I know that people are like, Oh, well the data, but if they can pick up the phone, you're good. Yeah. It's like direct mail is coming back and it's because everyone stopped doing it. And it's like, oh, I can break through by sending direct <laughs> mail because no one does it anymore. Okay. So one thing that happens all the freaking time in the sales process, well, two things. One, people love to ghost you, even though you've like had a couple conversations and you think the opportunity is going well. Yeah. And two, I often get responses like, oh, we're reprioritizing or we're reallocating our budget. Check back with me in three to six months, which as soon as someone says that, I'm like, oh, this is probably dead. How do you handle yep. things like that? proactiveness. So what happens is a lot of people, every, everything in life is expectations. And most people, a lot of people don't set the proper expectations. So at the beginning of this entire sales cycle, the goal is to figure out how can I get someone to be transparent up front with me? And then also, how do I make sure people don't ghost me? Now, inevitably, this, will, this is going to happen because people are people, but I try to get as less ghosts as possible, right? I'm not trying to be chasing around Good. ghosts. So yeah, yeah. at the beginning of the call, what I like to do is say, hey, this conversation goes two ways at the end of this call. One is you're really interested in what I have to say and we move forward with the next step. And, and again, this is where research comes into play. And I'll say, hey, it looks like we probably need to talk to Matt and it looks like we need to talk to Jackie after mm. this call. Smart. The other way this goes is you're not interested in anything I have to say. This is a complete waste of your time. And then we can move forward as friends. Does that sound completely fair? Most people laugh and they say, yeah, that's fair. Cool. So now we just get up for a contract, stay on the training. You've agreed. So we're locked in. Now, when we get to the, towards the end of the call, what I like to ask people is, hey, you know, based on what we talked about today, what happens if you don't make this decision? Yeah. in three months. Let's just say they said in three months, we want to execute, right? What happens if you don't make the decision in three months? Now, most people are afraid to ask this question because someone simply could say nothing happens. Mm -hmm. That means you need to do more discovery. That means you didn't do a good job, right? Or people are like, you know what? Hey, look, if I don't get this done, like I'm gonna get fired. Okay. Well, well that's important. <laughs> <laughs> that, 
now see now when people say i don't have the budget it's like okay like but what happens you're gonna get fired it's like the budget's not gonna matter at that point you're not gonna be here so they'll have are, the budget once you get fired yeah, yeah, yeah exactly so like now i've assessed the situation i know what's going on and another thing that i like to do as well is understand what are the what are the priorities but you can't just say what are your top three priorities because that's too generic and every sales rep does that but if you don't know what the top two things that someone is tasked with right now, then you will lose the deal because anything outside of the top two, top three, yeah, I'm probably not going to care. Yeah. So you always have to think about what is on people's minds. And then here's a, in, a more in-depth insight is what are, what are people spending their time on each week on their calendar? <clears throat> because if you're working on a project or an objective, you're spending most of your time that week meeting with people about the number one thing you're trying to accomplish. So that means that every single time they meet, you are now in the equation because they need to solve that problem. So yeah. that's what I do at the beginning of the call. I say, hey, typically when I talk to VPs and sales like yourself, these are three things they care about. Increasing the revenue, getting better at cold calls, and making sure there's marketing and sales alignment. And so I want, I'm curious, like, are those three top of mind for you right now? And if not, what is, and who else in other departments are you working with to get that done? Right. So I can go get other budget if necessary. So that's yeah. how I handle budget. That's how I handle ghosting. Again, this is sometimes it's not going to work out, right. People are going to ghost you, but this mitigates a lot of that risk. I feel like we could talk about this for five hours and these yep. are really short episodes. You have brought tons of value. If everyone that's listening right now walks away with one thing, like one thing that they should do, one biggest takeaway, what is it? Always be curious and never assume anything. That's why you have to ask these questions. Hey, what happens if you don't make this decision? Here's another mm -hmm. question I ask. Out of curiosity, what are some concerns that you have right now? Here's another question you can ask. Hey, like, you said, you said you had to go talk to your boss. Like, what are the main highlights that I need to show to you right now? What, are, what would make him say no or her say no? You always have to be, remain curious and you always have to assume that you don't know anything. So you have mm -hmm. to ask these questions that are hard so you can get the real answers. Morgan, thank you. I really appreciate your time, your friendship, and your willingness to share with this community. And everyone that's listening, if you got value out of this episode, I know that you did. It very clearly, there's tons of value here. Share it with just one person that's trying to get better at sales and improve their skills and open more doors. And we'll see you next time. Thank you.